Hey everybody, welcome back to Outside Looking In. This is Joe Chuchu, the most primitive podcast in America. Um, I am starting here, uh, season 11, episode 3. I guess we doing, of course, the Jeopardy uh, as of yesterday. Uh, I am actually doing this pretty much the same time as the episode that you saw last I'm trying really just to catch up here because I've been so far behind. I still have not been able to figure out uh, what. Well, I haven't had anybody call, so it's it's not like that. So um, uh, I'll have to have somebody call and see if I start up a show. You know, turn on the app and see if it'll record anything while the phone is on. Like I said, I did it one way. Now I have to try to do it the other way and see if it actually, actually, actually records. Uh, hopefully that was a one-time thing, and I'm hopefully trying to do that maybe. Let me see. It is uh, Saturday the 14th. I cannot see. Oh, it is almost 5 o'clock. Um, the one plus is that today, Saturday, ooh, my wife is cooking oxtail stew. I'm sorry, folks. One of my all-time favorites, okay? Love oxtail. Sometimes if you make it... Um, uh, somehow, if uh, I don't know what I said, but uh, for some strange reason, uh, my Google came up. But that's cool because by Google coming up, it also uh, made the, my stop button come up. So now maybe possibly I have found a way to get my stop recording button to come up than other stupidities that I have to do uh, with this. But that's pretty cool. But then again, like I say, oxtail soup with carrots and uh, instead of... Um, potatoes, we put juca. We put the juca in there, uh, potato, type potato, and that, uh, and also, to make your sauce a little sweeter, let me tell you, all your beef stews and stuff like that, it wouldn't hurt if you put a few pieces of pumpkin into your stews. It sweetens the stews and just adds a flavor to it that is really uncanny. And I'm talking just your plain beef stew. So you people out there, you doing all, you know, doing the uh, salt and pepper nonsense and just a can of tomato sauce or whatever that or or maybe not even an at um i would uh, i would highly highly recommend uh always a few pieces anything salty hams or whatever a couple of pieces of pumpkin seem to do the trick not squash unless you can get some kind of very sweet squash but pumpkin seems to uh to do the job a lot better um uh, Today, what I'm doing here right now for you is uh, for the next uh, few minutes is that uh, also I went, uh, I also went to Zico's uh, yesterday uh, and uh, had myself the chicken gizzards. This time the french fries, a few of them I think were either a little too soaked in the oil or the oil, but it didn't taste bad. But you know how you get some french fries that are not potatoey, that they're kind of like good. But let me tell you, the portion was huge. So was the portion of the gizzards, all right? And I thought I was buying the half. If, if that was the pound, he charged me only nine something for the pound with fries. So, and I saw the price was like $7.99 for the half and $9.99 for the, for the full pound with fries. Um, so I think I did all right. If those are half pound of fries, I'm like, hey, man, that... The, the place is good. It's, it's a step up over Salem's. You know, Salem's is good. I'm not saying Salem's is good. Is bad. It's not. If you're near Salem's, you go to a Salem's. But if you're near Zico's, you go to a Zico's. 
uh, like I said, hey, listen, they even give you table service. They're all be they're nice people. They give you table service. You know, the portions are huge. They're giving you nice plates. You know, you're not messing around with the, with the, all these uh, takeout things. Um, the only, like I said, the only minus is that it has Pepsi. And one, there's not a Pepsi freak, but I drink the, I drink the fruit punch, the wine punch fruit punch. So I, I, I get, I go nuts on that. So that, that, that's, uh, so I went there last night and, and it was, it was pretty good. Like I say, 10 bucks, I guess, for the whole package, which I think is a little cheaper. But like I said, I don't think they give you as much food. So I think it's all relative. So, um, so that, that, that's basically it. So, uh, we're going to get to now, finally, my uh, Jeopardy. And it says, oh, this was a double Jeopardy answer. Interesting. I, I didn't realize some of the, oh, I see. This is a double Jeopardy. This isn't double Jeopardy. Big screen classics. All right. Last episode, I said that Gwen Verdon said she's helped dub the tapping and splashing in the title number of this 1952 film. Big screen glasses for 400 it took me a while. If I had the, t I would have timed out. I would have timed out and not said anything. And uh, but, however, after about a minute of thinking about it, I came up with it. If it was one of those game shows where I had a little time to think about, it, I came up with. It. So I gave myself a correct answer. I'm not, you know, I'm giving you guys a whole day for Christ's sakes. Plus, you can look it up in the internet if you want to. So the answer. Gwen Verdon said she's helped dub, or she helped dub, the tapping and splashing in the title number of this 1952 film. And the question is, what is Singing in the Rain? That's right, Singing in the Rain. I can imagine that it was probably very hard to listen, you know, the guy's tapping in water, okay, and then on top of it, then he has to do the splashing, so... If it doesn't come out in the tape, 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 and you know, there's post-production, they could probably line up the music and stuff like that, you know, but she has to fill in all the little things. So that, that was, that was helpful. So, uh, I got that correct. So I win the money. I go to 4,200. As of uh, Friday, January 6th, I was up to 4,200. Boy, my math is terrible. I have all kinds of other numbers. 4,200, okay, now, we're up to Friday, that was January 5th, now we're up to Friday, January 6th, and now we have Double Jeopardy, a $1,200 uh, number on the category Big Screen Classics, and this is the answer, Charlie Chaplin faces the perils of technology in this 1936 film that was also the last appearance of The Tramp. Again, Charlie Chaplin faces the perils of technology in this 1936 film that was also the last appearance of The Tramp. Okay, $1,200 in big screen classics. Hope you figure it out. All right, so we're going to take a little break here, and I'll be coming back on the next episode with the answer and the next day's Jeopardy question. Okay, thank you for listening.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Outside Looking In. This is Joe Choo Choo, the most primitive podcast in America. Uh, we are uh, back again to continue on my uh, journey here of uh, the Jeopardy questions. And also I'm going to be introducing the other thing that my, uh, my wife brought to me here, which was a baseball trivia challenge. And believe it or not, the first five questions that were on this quest thing, I did not know any of them. It's horrible. Uh, I know the names, but I did not know the answers. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I, I, you know what? I was close on one of them, all right, which will be tomorrow's question. But today, today is January 14th, how, and I'm doing a small bunch of little five to seven minute uh, for the next couple of episodes. Uh, try to fill maybe this half hour episode with with that you know try to get at least all of the jeopardy in up to the 14th and then also add in these uh, questions which I'll be hopefully asking uh, Nelson which who I'll be calling in just uh, a little while I'm going to find out if I can actually get in touch with him while we are uh, while we're doing this okay that, that this is uh, this is important I got I have to know uh, that I can split screen this and find out that I can actually tape anything from him. So, uh, without further ado, yesterday, oh, well, yesterday, which was Friday, January 6th, okay, we had the big screen classes in Double Jeopardy for $1,200, all right, at the moment, at the moment with this, I had $4,200 uh, in my winnings, uh, so, and the answer is, Charlie Chaplin faces the perils of technology in this 1936 film that was also the last appearance of The Tramp. Other things he did afterwards, these, he, uh, the, the character itself was not, uh, he didn't use that character anymore. Charlie Chaplin faces the perils of technology in this 1936 film that was also the last appearance of the tramp and the question is what is modern times modern times yes where he's trying to fix all kinds of, of of stuff he does have a masterpiece that comes a little later in his career where he does not play the tramp but i won't tell you this in case it comes up as a question in one <laughs> in in one of these so um uh, that uh, was uh, that was that question. So now we move on to Saturday, January the seventh. Okay, and it's big screen classes, Double Jeopardy. Um, uh, big screen classics for two thousand dollars. Okay, the answer, nineteen seventy. It was about a general. To be specific. Okay, the answer is 1970. It was about a general, to be specific. All right, I knew what this one was, so uh, you're going to get to hear the answer in the next segment. And I want to introduce also the very first of our baseball questions. And uh, from a Baseball Trivia Challenge, and whose company is this? But to sit marshals, ages 12 and up. Of course, damn right, big 12 and up. You had little kids knew how to do this. Uh, it's from Masterpieces, Inc. Okay, from Oro Valley, Arizona. Masterpiecesinc.com. 
All right, you get these. Uh, I've got about 250, of course, made in China. I see that now. Uh, however, I don't see anything that would tell me, that would tell me the year. Okay. And uh, it's uh, very interesting. I, that, that Basically, like I said, I don't see the year or anything like that. However, what I will do here is I will also ask, this is the first baseball question, what Orioles great hit the only fair ball ever to leave Baltimore's Memorial Stadium? Okay, what Orioles great hit is the only fair ball ever to leave Baltimore's Memorial Stadium? All right, and we'll have those two answers in the next segment, and we thank you for listening in. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Outside Looking In. This is Joe Chuchu, the most primitive podcast in America. Um, <coughs> uh, we were doing the Jeopardy uh, yesterday, and we're going to uh, go continuing on that. Uh, let me see what else. But first of all, in the world of real, in the world of realism, <laughs> uh, of course, the news has been, of course, Biden finding documents in his house. You know, it's uh, boy, you know, people just like, eh. But that's uh, that's for another show. <laughs> as as you know, I'm going backwards. It's the seventh. I wouldn't even have known of this stuff. Uh, seeing that the Jeopardy stuff that I have here was for January. Uh, 7th and uh, right now I'm speaking it's the 14th it's a whole week later so I'm going back into the time bubble here to uh, ask these questions and uh, yesterday I remember that uh, yesterday it was just five minutes ago when I was saying yesterday ha <laughs> that's funny uh, big screen classes for 2000 this is double jeopardy answer and the answer is 1970 it was about a general to be specific I knew this as well uh, my weekly winnings up to the point were uh, 6,400. Oh, I, you know, were what? 2,000? Right. Oh, I see. I had to do this double. Yeah, there's two lines in here. I, I had 4,200, and I did get this correct, so I'm up to 6,200. And by doing so, by doing so, I answered the question... 1970 was about a general, to be specific, and the question is, who is Patton? As so, I guess that to be specific was uh, was a very uh, specific clue in the movie itself. So I'm I'm up to uh, 6,200. However, in the same page of the calendar, tomorrow's final Jeopardy category: Ding, American Museum. Put down your wages, folks. And that's how they go to break. I wager $2,000 of my $6,200. Okay, so um, I flip the page. And my final Jeopardy answer that I'm wagering $2,000 on in American Museums. Answer. LBJ signed a law that added two words to the name of this museum established in 1946, D.C.'s most popular. Again, 
LBJ signed a law that added two words to the name of this museum, established in 1946, DC's most popular. Good luck. Ding, 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 and so on and so forth. And I wrote down, well, I will tell you in the next break what I wrote down, okay? So what we're going to... Uh, we're going to find out in our, in our very next little segment. While we're doing that, we are now going to answer the question of what Orioles great hit the only fair ball ever to leave Baltimore's Memorial Stadium. And for all you baseball buffs, yeah, of course, you know, the Baltimore Orioles have had many, many great stars. And if you kind of like decided to go with the mainstream answer more than you thought maybe it's like one crazy guy or a great but you know uh, like a boog pal or something like that and you would be wrong uh, the answer is frank robinson of course you know he most definitely frank robinson is considered probably one of the greatest or maybe <laughs> got a got a thing he's got to be in the top three all-time greatest players in Orioles history. So uh, that's pretty easy to figure out. The answer was Frank Robinson, putting the only ball completely out of Baltimore's Memorial Stadium, which is what preceded Camden Yards. So um, it's that, that's, that's, that's pretty deep. So uh, those are our questions for today. And uh, we're going to take a break here. And uh, we're going to jump over to uh, tomorrow's, well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm at the five minute mark, which is where I wanted to be for these things. So, uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Hey everybody, welcome back to Outside Looking In. This is Joe Chuchu, the most primitive podcast in America. And in continuing with our, uh, Jeopardy run here, at least for this week, uh, I also uh, forgot that I had, well, I omitted the baseball question for yesterday, but we're going to add that into today. We're going to do with a question number two, which I had, I was close, but I'll tell you why I was close. Okay. Yesterday was final Jeopardy it, and I wagered $2,000 on this category in uh, American museums. And the answer is LBJ signed a law that added two words to the name of this museum, established in 1946, D.C.'s most popular. I have now got into the habit of writing the answer in front before I uh, you know, check in the back the next day. So here I wrote down the Smithsonian. I figured that they had... Uh, I figured that instead of calling it the Smithsonian Museum, they called it the Museum of the Smithsonian. Or some nonsense like that. And that was the clue for January 8th, okay? So even my dates were all screwy. So these, this is the, the, uh, the uh, play for Sunday, January 8th. And I looked it up and I was incorrect. And I lose $2,000. I'm down to 4400 The question is... What is the National Air and Space Museum? I have the two words 
I guess had to be instead of what is the National Museum, what is the National Air and Space Museum, and that I got wrong. So I'm down to forty four hundred. And uh, before we go into uh, the uh, next question, uh, we'll jump over back over to the baseball trivia and today's trivia question to go along with the uh, the the uh, Jeopardy question for Monday, January ninth. The baseball question is, what is the record number of consecutive scoreless innings thrown by Dodgers pitcher Oral Hershiser in 1988? Okay, the record number of consecutive scoreless innings thrown by Dodgers pitcher Oral Hershiser in 1988. I'll tell you that I, I messed that one up, but I only messed it up because I added a half inning. I thought it was an and a half. Okay, which nowadays is kind of stupid because there's really no such thing as, as a half inning. You know, there, there's no such true thing as a half inning. So uh, normally now they used to let's say if you got the two outs, you got the half inning. All right, but uh, that's ridiculous. Now we know that the innings are in third. So, you know, 59.1. They'll put point one, point two, and we'll know what they mean. 59.1, 59.2, we'll know that it's one-third of an inning, two-thirds of an inning. So that's where I screwed up, but doesn't change the question. What was the record number of consecutive scoreless innings thrown by Dodgers pitcher Or Hershiser in 1988? And you'll be getting the answer to that in the next section. As for Jeopardy, our new category for Monday, January 9th, 2023, is Pianos, Pianos. And this is for for 200, okay? The answer is the Smithsonian has one of this man's Yamaha KX88 keyboards marked with Braille stickers. That's right. The Smithsonian has one of these man's Yamaha KX88 keyboards marked with Braille stickers stickers okay so for tomorrow we'll have that uh, we'll have those answers in the very very next segment also i'm listening to some pretty good latin music over here because it's one of my favorites uh, hector lavo uh tu amor es un periódico de ayer I don't know if you can hear in the background, stuff like that. I try to talk over it because I don't want Anchor to be cutting me off because I'm playing music. But that's my wife. You know, she's playing uh, disco. She's been playing disco for the past couple of uh, segments. So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> so uh, we'll be right back, okay, with the answers. Stay tuned. Hey everybody, welcome back to Outside Looking In. This is Joe Choo Choo, the most primitive podcast in America. And we're continuing with this weekly run on our Jeopardy questions. Uh, if I remember correctly, yesterday, January 10th, Tuesday, of course or not, this is actually the 14th Saturday, uh, doing this all this time traveling here. And the question was pianos for $600. The answer the Steinway, on which John Lennon wrote this 1971 plea for peace 
was displayed outside a Texas prison before a 2007 execution. I wrote down Imagine, and I was correct. And that brings me up to 4,800. And that uh, took care of the January 10th. And we move on to January 11th, which uh, I'll do this one in, in this order. Again, pianos for the... Uh, amount of $1,000. This is Wednesday, January 11th, uh, Jeopardy. And the answer on which... Oh, this is this is, this is is a good one. You better be old enough to remember this. <laughs> the piano on which Dooley Wilson played, in quotation marks, played, in quotation marks, this standard in Casablanca was a Warner Brothers pop with just 58 keys. All right. The piano on which Dooley Wilson, quote to air quotes, played this standard in Casablanca was a Warner Brothers prop with just 58 keys. That's pianos for 1,000. And uh, you'll be hearing the answer to that in the next segment. All right. Uh, you know, I'm looking at that before. Okay. Um, while we're doing that, also, we are going to ask you the baseball question. And uh, third question in this pack is, who was the last manager of the Montreal Expos and the first manager of the Washington Nationals? Okay. That's what I had asked yesterday. Who was the last manager of the Montreal Expos and the first manager of the Washington Nationals? And the answer, same man, Frank Robinson again. That's right, Frank Robinson. I had forgotten that he, well, he came over, the whole team came over, but that the fact that he was there, um, he was their uh, manager is what I had forgotten. And uh, so we'll move over now to number four. Question number four. Who are the only pair of brothers to each pitch an official major league no-hitter? Okay. The only pair of brothers in all of MLB to each pitch an official major league no-hitter. Okay. So that's your question for tomorrow. This is... uh, Supposedly uh, Wednesday, January 11th. And uh, on the reality note, uh, the Mets lost out on Carlos Correa. Uh, Whatever problems that the Giants were having, as you know, they had offered him like a fantastic, uh, I think 11 years, 350. The Mets went with the 10, 315. Uh, And both of them were questioning his ankle. Seems that the plate or whatever screws or arthritis will set in because you know they're giving this is crazy. They're giving ball players want to make sure they're getting paid all the way to they believe they're gonna play till the age of 40. All right, and teams are playing certain players to play to the age of 40, play their positions on top of it. So you're talking about a couple of guys. You're talking about having like a 37, 38-year-old shortstop 
or something like that unless everybody is planning slowly but surely all these shortstops making their move to to uh, third base later in their lives or something like that I I just don't understand it I really don't so uh, Correa ended up heading back to the Minnesota Twins Um, they had originally given him a three year 105 million dollars that's like 30 million dollars a year so he knew that at least for three years he was going to collect that 30 million dollars so now what happened is is that now the twins gave him three gave him six years for 200 guaranteed the Mets only wanted to do six years 157 guaranteed okay but the twins were willing to give him uh, six years 200 million guaranteed plus four more years where he had to make an uh, he had to make it to X amount of at uh, plate appearances plate appearances not even at bats plate appearances they're different okay they're all different sometimes you're not charged with an at bat for certain things all right so they're not going to niggle about uh, um, you know five ten at bats if that's all he needed and I'm pretty sure he's not going to have a manager that's going to take him out unless he's doing really badly uh to um just to appease a uh some type of at bat you know and stop him from making the at bats that would that would just be bullshit unless he was just like sucking so badly that they no everybody just didn't have a choice so that's that's what i'm thinking so that's the korea saga the mets are now back to where they were uh with um uh, with uh, 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 Brett Beatty and and Eduardo Escobar at their base, which was fine by me. All right. Uh, in the next segment, I might even take a break to, to talk about the, the Mets upcoming, or either I'll just run this out to catch up to where I am because I've got to catch up at least another three more days worth of this stuff. So I'm already at the seven minute mark. So I thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> 